to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on our introduction because we're kind of excited about this particular guest today. You're right. I'm Julie Graham, and we are going to bring a friend in on the show. Some of our favorite things to do here on This Grit and Grace Life podcast is to bring in experts who can share on things that we know matter in your life or in the life of someone you know and love. So this week, Julie, we're talking about something that I know is difficult for a lot of people and can be very confusing and frightening and and all of the other ings that we say, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. um, and that is divorce. And mm-hmm. I know as women of faith that we we try everything we can not to find ourselves in that position, not to find ourselves faced with that and pray that the people around us aren't either, but that's not our reality. Often we are. So today we've decided to step out mm-hmm. and kind of approach the practical side and the the way to do this in a way that I think is is wise and honorable. Yeah, here at the Grit and Grace Project and then, of course, here at this Grit and Grace Life podcast, we purposely try to tackle subjects that we know women are facing and really bring a balanced approach to the conversation. And so I, you, you may or may not know that I actually spent um, a good chunk of the beginning of my career working in the church world. And so even just what you're saying, knowing that women of faith are really going to maybe at first be confused as to why we would tackle this subject. But if, if you just take for one second a, a quick inventory of the people that you know in your life who are currently walking this road, how alone they might feel, how judged they might feel. And just the truth is, is we don't know what's going to happen in our own lives. And so we would be wise women to have a conversation with someone who knows the subject, who knows how to approach it with both grit and grace, because not only has she been there, but she also helps women and men walk through this as professional attorney. So um, Leisha, thank you so much for even just being willing to have this conversation with us today. I personally want to thank you for joining us on the show. Um, well, I should say joining Dar on the show. You may recall, and if you haven't had a chance to hear it yet, Leisha joined us on episode 12. She came right after my husband passed away. She came in did a really helpful, practical episode. It's called An Attorney Helps You Prepare for an Unexpected Loss. I just want to thank you for filling in for me at that point, but also I just think it was so important to have just all of that conversation on the show. So thanks for joining us then, and thanks for joining us now. Please welcome to the show our friend and family law attorney, Leisha Crouch. Thank you for having me here. I'm honored to be here. I just wanted to say at the outset that although this podcast is about divorce, I do advocate for marriage and believe in the sanctity of marriage and believe that if a marriage can be restored, then it should be. However, with that said, it is important for women to have this information that we're going to give here today because the fact is divorce is happening in and out of the church. Absolutely. And we can't just, you know, stick our head in the sand and pretend that it's not. We need to be able to help empower women and and help them know that they can go through this process still honoring God with, mm-hmm. you know, dignity and integrity and and salvage what the family is still there. Although it's changing and it's taking on a new form, 
than what it traditionally was. It's still a family unit, and you know you can go through this holding on to your faith and, and honoring the Lord in it. I love how you just right off the bat talked about wanting it to be honorable and full of dignity. Before we even jump into you know, that full-on conversation about divorce. Will you tell us just a little bit about kind of your heart behind serving women and even, even some of the other work that you do um, voluntarily to show kind of where where your passion is? Absolutely. So my passion, you know, primarily is is single moms. I have been there. So everything that I talk about today, know that I have lived it, um, tried and true. I, I know how this plays out. My kids are now older and um, so I, I understand how the whole blended family works, how divorce works, how, you know, the parenting plan, all the issues that that come up in the beginning and and throughout the, you know, the course of the, the new family unit. Um, and so I do quite a bit with the women's shelter mm. and and helping those. And, and one caveat that I do want to get just before we really get get started on this, that things that I'm talking about today and amicable divorce and things like that is is meant for people who are not dealing with physical abuse. Mm-hmm. So if you are in that situation where there is, you know, domestic violence and physical abuse, know that what I'm saying today does not necessarily is relevant for you, but you need to seek the help, whether it's a shelter or the police or family or friends, support, church, um, and get the help that you're needing for that specific incident. Okay, so Alicia, you, you, I totally, I've walked through this with family members who I love dearly. And at the time, I didn't have a clue on how to help them, you know, which is one of the reasons we're doing this today is because I want to be educated and prepared. How do you find an attorney? And I've seen some that did not serve, you know, people I love well, and I've seen some that did serve them well. How do you find one? And you know, you go interview, what are you, what are you looking for? And why can't I just use Google? <laughs> Do I really need an attorney? Because yeah, seriously, Google, Google does everything for me. Yeah, Julie, Google Julie, can't handle a divorce. Yeah, no, don't. Hey, <laughs> ladies out there, don't don't follow Julie's lead on social media, <laughs> having the answer to everything in the world. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few ways you can go about it. One, I would say definitely do your homework and research. I mean, you can use Google for that in, in terms of looking up attorneys and, and read their website. You can call the local bar and they can refer an attorney to you. But the biggest part may come with you may need to set up a couple initial consultations with a few attorneys. And and I know speaking to an attorney can be, you know, intimidating and you're already dealing with all of this emotional trauma that's going on with the divorce. But you need to know in that initial consultation, yes, you're there to, to gain knowledge, but it's also an interview for you to the attorney to see if this is going to be a match. Are you guys like-minded? Um, because although the divorce may be happening, whether you, you want it or not, having an attorney that has a negotiation mindset rather than a litigation mindset, meaning they just want to file motions and be in court with everything, is is going to be key to helping you go through this process amicably rather than, you know, fighting and using the court system, you know, at every turn and every which way. But more so try to ask them some personal questions of why did you get in this field? Why are, why are you a family law attorney? What do you like about it? Don't like, I mean, feel free to, to ask those questions. You're paying for that hour for that initial consultation. So use it to your benefit. Yeah, I think I'd want to know what are their goals in this? Do they want to help me do all the right things or do they just say this is an antagonistic, uh, you know, event in life? So we're going to war. What, what, 
you know, what are their goals? Not just mine. I just want to say, I know for me, I like to be um, a bargain shopper in in (laughs) all areas. And so, (laughs) I mean, just keeping it real. So maybe just a pause to someone who's thinking, well, I'm just going to look for the cheapest help available or the first reference I can get. Um, you know, my friend Sally Joe that I know on Facebook suggested, you know, attorney Smith. And so I'm going to go with him because he sounds cheap and he's available. Are are you suggesting maybe I want to invest even a little bit of money to make sure I'm getting the right person? So to that, I would say sometimes you get what you pay for and not all attorneys are created equal. Mm -hmm. Um, and how they practice law can greatly vary between attorneys. So I would say look at this as an investment for your future and for your children's future as well. So although it may cost now, right, up front, there's, you know, initial costs with it, think of it in the long run. If you have the right attorney that's helping you resolve the issues even before they happen later on, you will save money in in post-judgment litigation and having to, oh, now now your kids are teenagers and you didn't account for this happening and that happening and now you find yourself back in court. So I would say think of it as an investment into your family and into your future and caution on how you go about choosing. Now you... um had mentioned the issues you'll be facing. And I know you brought something to us that just thrilled Julie's heart, and that's an acronym. Okay? <laughs> I do love a good acronym because, yeah, totally, you know, I just need totally things to be just, simple. You know, made her really happy over there. But give us a <laughs> yes. little bit of that. It was a great, give it to us. Um, the acronym and, and what I explained to my clients when they come in of the process of divorce, the acronym is PEACE. So the, the first part is the parenting plan. And that's if you if you have children, it deals with issues of time sharing, you know, medical insurance, activities, tax dependency, holidays, um, and a slew of other things. Uh, then the E is equitable distribution, where we decide the assets and liabilities for the parties, and you know who gets what and who pays what. Then we have the dreaded word alimony, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, there's many different forms and factors that go into alimony. I think it's like A through T or something like that of factors. So don't be afraid of it. And, and it's something that you, it's very case specific. So I'm not going to go into all those details. And doesn't um, even it vary by state too? Certainly. Yes, it does vary depending on state. Um, the, the next thing is child support, which in, in Florida, there's a statutory formula, you know, based primarily on the party's incomes and the overnights and a couple other things. And then the E is everything else. Um, just kind of all the other issues and surprises that we find on a day-to-day basis that, you know, come up through, through the process. You had touched on amicable divorce. So why do you want, I mean, I would think if you're getting a divorce, you're re- somebody's really mad at somebody. So you would kind of want to fight through the process to claim your rights, to prove that, you know, it was not your fault or, you know, all the emotions. There can't, mm-hmm. there, there are a billion emotions. But trying to approach this um, place in life amicably, why? What, what do you, what, what comes of that? So there are numerous advantages to having a divorce 
that is amicable. And I, and I will tell you, you know, we do a lot of divorces that are what we call pre-filing, meaning we resolve the entire case, parenting plan, marital settlement agreement, assets, liability, everything before any court document is even filed. Wow. And the some of the advantages, I have a few here that I want to touch on. The biggest one is is probably the control over your decisions. And and you need to think of it this way. If you go before the judge and you have the judge decide who gets what days with parenting and who gets what asset or who who's selling the house and how much, you lose the control over your life. So handling things in mediation and meetings, you get to decide the future of your family and what fits. Um, and what comes along with that is the flexibility. So when a judge is going to decide the agreement, it is very black and white. It is this and that. They don't take into account any needs that maybe your children have or the family has or, or what will work. So if you're outside of the court and resolving issues, that parenting plan can be as creative as the parties in the room can come mm. up with. And you can tailor it to fit your family's needs. You can tailor it to fit, you know, maybe this works now because we've got, you know, um, preschoolers, but when we, when they get in school, we would rather have this kind of time sharing. Mm -hmm. So you can do all of that and you can really look at the family's best interest, the children's best interest, if you're doing it outside of the court. Mm -hmm. um, another, you know, great um, advantage is the privacy. So when you file things with the court, it is public record here in Florida and everybody can know everything from financial affidavits, you know, so you can have mm -hmm. some, some things withheld. You can agree to waive, you know, some things, um, you can waive venue. Maybe you don't want to file here in this town. You want to file in a different town just so the local people can't, you know, look you up and things. So there's, there's definitely a, a privacy element. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it's less stress. Let me just put you that, tell you that right off the bat. Um, going through litigation and being in the court is extremely stressful. Okay, explain litigation. Tell tell us what that is so and what it looks like. Litigation is using the the court system to really decide your life. I mean, whether it's selling the home or you know forcing the other person to fill out the paperwork they should have done already, and um, it's having the court determine your steps all along the process. Mm, okay. So rather than picking up a phone and just calling, you know, the other attorney or the other side saying, hey, we're still missing maybe bank statements or your financial affidavit, it's filing a motion. And it's costly. Litigation, you know, if you're going to litigate an entire divorce, upwards of probably about 20000 Oh, wow. my. There wow. go the assets <laughs> if you had any. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, wow. this, this saying is the only one that wins in a divorce is the divorce attorney. And I know this <laughs> <laughs> may sound weird coming from an attorney, but it's, it's true. Another advantage of this is that when you have an agreement that you guys have crafted and designed for your specific family, the likelihood that both parties are going to follow that agreement mm -hmm. is very high because you're both happy with it. Mm -hmm. So there's not going to be post-judgment issues, meaning after the divorce is final five years down the road, you're back in court battling something because we've already thought about those issues and put them into the parenting plan or put them into the marital settlement agreement. Well, and I would think that that for your children, assuming you have children, that kind of creates a uh, new normal that they understand that isn't changeable, that they don't see the parents fighting one more time over mm -hmm. one more issue. It makes 
perfect sense, especially for those little people in your life. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's tons of, of studies and articles and things like that done about what the the stress of a litigation divorce does on the children, mm-hmm. on the parties, um, long-term, really, seriously, long-term effects that this has. So the sooner you can come to a resolution and I mean, kids are resilient. Okay. So I I don't want to put, you know, that guilt on their kids are resilient, but the sooner you can get their new normal of Mondays and Tuesdays, they're at dads, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays at moms and they will adjust. And so will you, and you will be able to move on in the next season of your life. So I hear you saying there's lots of reasons you would want to pursue this amical divorce. Just to retouch on a few that you have more control, more flexibility. I mean, the big one, less money, less time, less stress. I mean, I think I'm with you, Leisha. If this is, you know, if this becomes something I need in the future or a friend of mine needs, I definitely want to recommend they find an attorney who's got this type of goal. So how do you actually make this happen? How do you actually get to what you're calling a non-litigated amical divorce? So the the first thing that really has to be there is going to be a willingness of the parties to cooperate, to achieve the marital settlement agreement and, and the parenting plan. So, I mean, I'd like to say, you know, kind of one size fits all and this works for everybody, but in some stances it, it doesn't. But there has to be a willingness to say, okay, you know what, whatever led us up to the divorce, whatever that may be, okay, and, and I don't make light of any of those reasons. I know it's emotional. I, I've been there. I get that. But you're going to set that aside and say, okay, what can we do to cooperate and, you know, logically think through things and come up with these agreements? The, the next thing that you're going to need, it's going to be a choice. It's going to be a choice to avoid litigation. And we now have in Florida what's called a collaborative divorce, which is basically a client-centered, negotiation-based team approach that both parties agree by contract in writing not to litigate. And it really helps people focus in on, okay, we're in this together. We're going to work through all of this. And what would deter litigation is if one party decides later on in there that they do want to litigate, then both of those attorneys have to withdraw from the case and they have to start over from scratch. Oh, so wow. you've lost the money that you've already invested in in this process. So when you're looking for attorneys, this is something to look at as well on their website. Are they trained in the collaborative divorce? Are they promoting it? Do they even tell you about it? Because attorneys that have this collaborative mindset are going to be the ones that will take you through the process because they believe that it can be done amicably and and with negotiating and, you know, do you know, is this a trend in other states, too, to try to do more collaborative arrangements in this process? Yeah, it is. And it's interesting to see, you know, really seasoned attorneys get into this now because they've been doing it long enough that they have actually seen the damage that it's caused the children in all the litigation. Um, so it's 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 definitely has to be a choice. You have to be willing to cooperate. Another thing is you need to have a focused mindset on your interests and not positions. You know, it's the interests of all the parties involved, you know, the the spouse that you were also divorcing, but as well as the children. And you really have to have an attitude of negotiating and not revenge. Mm -hmm. So this is not, 
you know, let me, let me get even, or this is not, let's cast the blame. This needs to be, okay, what is going to work for our family? What is going to work for our kids? And how can we make, you know, this hard and, and, and traumatic event you know, as smooth as possible and a transition into this next season in life. So this is really a longer, longer term approach, because in reality, all right, you let's just say the man you were married to decided he no longer wanted to be married. He's walking. It doesn't matter what you do. doesn't matter what counseling you're willing to do. It doesn't matter that this is a decision he's made. So you're there. So at that point, you you have a choice. Am I going to fight? Am I going to go after every, he did this to me, so I'm going to take him for all he's worth and create a very, very argumentative and difficult scenario? Or am I going to look at five years from now and 10 years from now where this, this person has been in my life, this person I married because I loved, he is probably the father of my children. So five years from now, do I want to have fought with him in this process? Or do I want to try to get through it in an honorable fashion? Right, absolutely. I mean, you have to think about what it is you're wanting to fight for. So I by no means am saying that, you know, you just kind of lay down and and take whatever, because there are some things you need to stand up for, and and maybe you do need to to push for it, or perhaps the judge really does need to decide one issue in, in the entire divorce. So I, I'm not saying that, but you do definitely need to think about, and, and not even that far, think of the next six months and the next year. Going through the litigation process for a divorce is, it takes a toll on you emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Right. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. Um, you know, so you have to really consider and weigh the costs and, you know, and the benefits. I'm glad you said that because even as Dar's kind of mentioning this potential scenario where he wants to walk and, you know, maybe you don't want to. And so you're thinking, well, I'll just, I'll just do whatever's fastest and easiest because I don't want to be perceived as the woman who, you know, wants the divorce or whatever. And so maybe even some of your faith convictions are coming in there and you find yourself confused as to, well, I don't want the divorce, so I'll just do whatever he says to prove that I don't want the divorce. And I hear you saying there's this middle ground of find an attorney who will actually help you understand the situation, the long term keep you out of court, but make sure everybody involved in the scenario is actually getting what's going to be beneficial to each person in the family unit for the long term. Because these are lives. These are hearts. There's the emotional um, health of everybody involved. So, I I mean, I'm, this conversation is helpful for me to even understand um, all of the elements that are at play here for sure. And, and I understand all of those emotional concerns and spiritual concerns. And trust me, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I've been here, so I've I've dealt with the the struggle of okay, how do I rationalize this in my faith? And and I understand when what you're saying when it's not your choice. The the other party is filing, and and you have to respond. And and I don't think it dishonors God, or you have to step away from your faith to stand up for what's right. Mm-hmm. You know, God is a just God, and it, it's okay to advocate for justice and fight for justice, um, and something that. A settlement agreement, whether it's with children or or just 
you know, the assets and liabilities and, and fight for something that's fair or advocate for something that's fair for all the parties. Mm-hmm. And, and something to, to really consider is, you know, once these agreements, whether it's a marital settlement agreement or a parenting plan, are signed and ratified by the court, meaning the judge signs them with an order, they're very difficult to change. The, the standard and, and the burden of proof increases dramatically. So you can't just have the mindset, let me just get this over with and then I'll deal with whatever later. Because let me tell you, those whatever later that you didn't deal with now is going to cost you a whole lot more mm. you know, later on down the road than it would be right now as everything is going. How do you, it's an emotional time. There's no way it's anything short of an emotional time. So how do you step back? This isn't a place you ever found yourself. How do you step back and go, I know I'm going to need at least half, you know, so much of the assets to survive. I know my children are going to, how do I know what holidays they go where how do i know i mean the last the one thing i want to do is curl up in bed and cry i don't want to figure out christmas and yes <laughs> yes i mean I, that's what i would imagine and there's there's no one be doing. <laughs> yeah I, I, it's not like i'm ready to figure out you know what we're doing and how do you do this and and that's why i would say it's very important to have an attorney through that process because you are dealing with the emotion part of it. And so the attorney can come in and think through these things for you and lay out your options in a way that, you know, you may have not been able to, to think through them because you're filled with emotion and, and, and stress and tears, but you can say, oh yeah, I like that option or that one, you know, once they're laid out. And, and that's what we can do as, as attorneys for our client is we think about those things. We think about, you know, the tax consequences. We think about, okay, if you're getting alimony, this is now income to you. What does that do? You know, that's our job. So that's why hiring an attorney is, is so important. Um, the right attorney. Let yeah. Me say. That like-minded attorney. <laughs> yeah. That to me, I just keep thinking, wow, this the, is why it's so important to do the work on the front end to really make sure you're going to mesh well with this person who's making so many decisions with, and maybe even in, in some sense for you when, if you're not able to really you know, and it's, and it's a position of there. There really needs to be great mutual trust. You know, uh, on the client's side, that that the attorney knows what they're doing and is advocating for you, but also, you know, doesn't get maybe their own ego in there to to want to fight things. But no, this is about the family and and doing the best. But you know, let me tell you, it also goes the other way from an attorney when we're having that initial consultation. I'll tell you, I'm I'm just as much as interviewing that client mm-hmm. as well, um, and. You know, I, I have my own firm, so I get to be selective on clients because I don't necessarily want the clients that are just going to want to file a motion for everything and, you know, and they come in, I want revenge and I want to hide all this. And that's, you know, so it, it really is an interviewing process of, you know, like-minded and, and where you want to go. And yeah, how you I'm want laughing right now because what you just said is I'm willing to take a whole lot less money, but that's who I want to work with. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that's the attorney you want to find is the one that's not out to make all the bucks, but to, to uh, work with you on this. That's yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Definitely. No, that's okay. No, I mean, it is true. I, I, I get it. I know what, you know, investment this is. I, this is, you know, our clients' lives. And I think I, I bring that compassion to it because I've been there. I know how scary it is. I know the emotion. I, I get it from every aspect. So it's just you need to find that right person. 
Okay, so for the sake of clarity, I think we're all on the same page that you may find yourself in a position where you are getting divorced and and now you're like, this is the kind of scenario I want to pursue. I want to have that amicable amicable divorce. What are some very practical tips you want to make sure the listener hears? Some tips on maintaining an amicable divorce would be, first of all, stay out of court as much as possible. The second one would be to hire a like-minded attorney. Uh, The third would be consider counseling for you and your children, even if it's just temporarily to go through this process and help them, you know, adjust to what's going on. The next one would be to seek education from an attorney about your rights. While although Google is very helpful, (laughs) um, there's definitely some some key information that you you can get from an attorney on, on what your rights are. The next would be ensure you have a support system, whether it's your church or your family or friends, um, but ensure that you have that support system to be able to to call in, in those moments of emotion. Boy, I like that one because you never want to walk this one alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And be careful whose opinions you listen to, whether it's on social media or Google or friends or all that. Everyone will want to weigh in. So choose very carefully those opinions that you let affect your decisions. And another one would be amicable does not mean easy. So although we're talking about going through this and negotiating, you know, rather than than fighting, it's still going to be difficult. Going through a divorce is going to be a mourning process and it is a process. Have realistic expectations. And this is really key. Expectations in the time frame that it takes you to deal with the divorce process, with your own emotions, and adjusting to this new season in life. I think that one's really good because I know one of the biggest advice points I've ever given about marriage is to be be leery of your own expectations. So it makes perfect sense that you need to bring that right back in. If you happen to be getting divorced, again, reevaluate what are my expectations and do I need to drop them a few bars lower? Absolutely. <laughs> Decide to be reasonable and fair regardless of your spouse's actions or reactions or regardless of what they're doing. You're accountable for your actions. So decide to be you know, reasonable and fair in the negotiating process. Another important tip would be forget the blame. Make this about the best interest of all the parties involved. Make that your priority, the best interest of, of you, your spouse, the children, rather than just who's at fault. And the last one would be to think about the long-term effects that your decisions right now have, because your decisions today will affect your families tomorrow. Mm. Those are really, really helpful. Thank you for those are great. Um, running through those. And thank you for sharing the peace acrostic with us, which of course we'll put those in the show notes um, so you can come back and review them. But those are really, really good. Well, Alicia, I know that I learned a lot today, things that I honestly wish I had known when my family members were going through their divorces, because I think, you know, I loved them through it, I supported them through it, but perhaps I could have been more helpful. So I really, really hope that anybody listening to this has that same feeling and ability as they walk away from it. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome, and I, I really appreciate the opportunity to get to speak about you know, this this is what I'm passionate about and empowering women and, and educating them on these tough seasons in life. 
I mean, I would just say you might be listening to the show and you may be in the position where this is exactly what you needed to hear because you're facing it. But I would just remind us that you you might be hearing this today because someone um, in your life needs to hear it. So you can, have, of course, you can share the show with a friend. You can... Um, they could even, if you are happen to be local where this show is recorded, Leisha, can they reach out to you and maybe consider consulting with you? I mean, sh- can I put your contact information in the show notes on the episode in case somebody is looking for some assistance? Absolutely. All right. We'll be sure to do that. So if you are, you know, in our in our Southwest Florida area, you could definitely reach out to Leisha. Um, but again, the, our heart is that this would be helpful information that maybe you'll never need, but it's here if you need it. Yes. So whether this is a tough season for you specifically and you're you're sure that this is the direction you're going in and now you have the practical tools or maybe this is an episode you need to share with a friend who is going through these things. I want to actually just put into your podcast player two other shows I want to encourage you to listen to that get a little deeper more to the spiritual and emotional side of dealing with divorce that I listened to recently just because Jen Jett was a guest on um, two of the shows I already listened to. So if if this would be something you need to hear or for a friend of yours, I'd also encourage you not only share this episode with them, but go check out Jamie Ivey's If You Only Knew, episode number nine in her miniseries, where Jen Jett shares about being divorced recently. And also, she was a guest on the God-Centered Mom podcast, episode 193, which was called How God Personally Pursues and Redeems. So it's our hope that between these episodes, you will find the hope and encouragement you're looking if you happen to be facing divorce in this season of your grit and grace life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.